I'm Daryl Cagle, and this is the Cast, where we're all about editorial cartoons, and we have four great cartoonists with us today. We've got Bart Van Leeuwen, who lives and works as a freelancer in Amsterdam, Holland, where he specializes in editorial illustration, does lots of advertising, and he does photo-realistic editorial cartoons for us, and he is just amazing, and it's nice to have you here, Bart. Thank you. Likewise. Uh, Dave Womond is incredibly prolific. He draws two comics, Reality Check and Day by Dave, and he's a prolific illustrator also. He does puzzles and greeting cards and lots of top-selling children's books, and great to have you here with us, Dave. Great. Thanks for having me. Pat Burns is best known for his cartoons in The New Yorker, and he draws all kinds of gag cartoons for other magazines. He did a comic strip for years called Monkey House, and he's an advertising illustrator, and he has a bunch of awards as well. Thank you. And Rick McKee was the cartoonist for decades for the Augusta Chronicle in Georgia. He draws the comic strip Pluggers, and we've syndicated Rick for 20 years. Rick, great to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Daryl. So, Bart, we're starting off with you. Here you've got Trump with the ghost of Christmas future looking at himself in jail. I think that's very funny. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a very simple concept and i uh, probably done a thousand times, but uh, I like simple concepts and it reminds me of my uh, youth a lot when I watched those uh, sports movies <laughs> all the time. This cartoon is also optimistic and aspirational. Yes, we can we can all hope. Yeah. For, yeah. Is there a lot okay. of interest in American politics where you live? Yeah, there is, especially when when uh, in the Trump period. And, and uh, yeah, the newspapers, all the newspapers here has, uh, have their correspondence in America. So there's a big influence. Oh, Pat, Pat, you've got a, a Trump Scrooge cartoon. Trump says, but you can't be Jacob Marley's ghost. I pardon Jake Marley's ghost. That's very funny. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's, it's hard uh, not to, to find the comparisons, except Trump did not reform the way Scrooge did and likely never will. All right. Uh, that's a downer. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, here's your Trump Christmas. He's given the kids beautiful, clean coal. Charlie Brown Christmas kind of promises. And he says, my tree is the best tree, probably the most fantastic tree anyone has ever seen. That I can tell you. That's fun. I think this is is one of the first ones I did for you. It's like this goes way back, I think, in 20, I think what, 2018, somewhere in there, 19. Well, you know, we've yeah. had a lot of Trump Christmases. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of amazing that we can do a whole podcast with 40 cartoons all about Trump and Christmas, <laughs> and they're all good cartoons. So this is our Trump Christmas special. <laughs> I'm, 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 ho, ho, ho. Uh, you know, the only podcasts we do that anyone seems to care about are the ones with Trump cartoons. We love Christmas and everybody loves Trump. So uh, what a great podcast this will be. Trump's the uh, brings us cartoonists lots of goodies throughout the year. Somebody yeah. is a very inspiring person, right? Here's one of mine with uh, Trump mistletoe. I think this is actually kind of a Yahtzee with all of the the elephants oh, kissing I'm... Trump's butt. Many of the cartoonists have done this, including Rick. Although uh, Rick had the good taste to not drump Trump drop Trump's pants, and I'm sure. 
that Rick's cartoon got reprinted a heck of a lot more than my cartoon got reprinted. Okay, so we're going to go through some of Rick's cartoons. Rick actually has more Trump Christmas cartoons than any of the other cartoonists that we syndicate. Put that on your resume. Yeah. <laughs> I told you my this reputation is, was ruined. This is your wheelhouse. Yeah. So Sam is bringing Trump and Biden back to the returns. The gal at return says it's usually customary to wait until after the holidays. This is very funny. Well, I yeah, it's just sort of a sort of an old gag, you know. Everybody kind of does it, but I thought this was actually my most recent cartoon. So floated a couple of days ago, and um, it's always good when you have Biden and Trump in, and then the papers uh, reprinted yeah. a lot more that way. So yes, they like to feel even-handed, <laughs> but you know, the whole idea of being even-handed is just kind of crazy. I don't know that there's any virtue to being even-handed. I don't see this necessarily as being even-handed, and uh, a lot of people have criticized me for saying that I was trying to make a false equivalency, and I think the facts are most voters want somebody new from both parties, mm -hmm. and I don't think that's necessarily trying to be even-handed. It's just sort of a fact. Seems um, like everybody says that every year, but it's more true this year. I think so. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you know, two-thirds Democrats want somebody other than Biden. You, you can't say that necessarily the same thing about Trump, but I think pretty much everybody wants Trump gone outside his hardcore supporters. So that's just where I was coming from on that. So here you've got Santa talking to his elves of the coal mine, and Santa says, Trump kept his promise. He single-handedly brought back my coal industry. How do you know that? How do you know that? Why do people go pretend that Santa has a deep voice? Santa could have a really high voice. <laughs> like Lincoln, everyone you know, the, does the Lincoln with a deep voice. No, he had a real high voice. What's the same with Santa? Come on. Lincoln had a high voice? Mix it up. Did he really yeah. have a high voice, Lincoln? Yes, it was described as like a little girl. Wow. Uh, and, and Santa's up there in the cold and like, whoo. Well, one of, the, uh, one of the things that I sort of do, and I don't know if it'll show up in any of my other cartoons, but for many years, when I was drawing a Santa and Elf cartoon, and you'll notice this one has it, my little elf there in the bottom is smoking a cigarette because uh, <laughs> I always try to put an elf smoking a cigarette in these in these cartoons because, you know, they're, they're grown men, really. They're not little kids. So I always thought it was a funny little thing to jump in. That's very you know, I, I have once in a while heard of papers, our papers, I forget which ones, having policies that mm -hmm. they will not reprint any cartoons that depict a gun or a cigarette. Wow. Okay. So well, most of them didn't notice it, probably. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't expect an elf to be smoking. So. so here you've got Santa looking at his phone at Trump's tweet that says, Santa Claus is a loser, head of a toy company failing so badly, asking if the toy's away. Sad. And the elf says, <laughs> I warned you not to put Trump on the naughty list. Rick always does the ideas that I wish I thought of. Ah, oh, I appreciate that, Dave. <laughs> That's an old one, and that one got passed around. Yeah, that was back when Trump was still on Twitter or whatever we're calling it these days. So at the end of Obama's administration, he's looking at his legacy sock and he sees Trump Cole. You didn't like Obama. Yeah, I mean... At this, uh, at this time, were you more optimistic about Trump? I think I was just sort of more realistic about Trump. And I think, you know, everything that Obama did and tried to do was about to be trashed by Trump. Yeah, I worked for many years for probably the most conservative newspaper in the South. So, you know, I did a lot of, did a lot of conservative stuff. 
But, you know, Trump came along and completely changed the Republican Party. I don't, I don't even think you can call it conservative anymore. It's all, all Trump. And here you have Trump as Ralphie. He was fighting the government shut down every time it came up like we seem to be doing in perpetuity. You'll shoot but your except, eye out, kid. Yeah, except for Trump was saying at the time, I don't know if you recall, but he was saying, I'll shut the government down. And he wanted to he wanted to do it and take credit for it. And he did. I think it lasted about two or three days, and he saw which way the wind was blowing on that, and they and they reversed it. I was it was the most amazing thing to me that that this moron wanted to shut the government down. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when you really crossed over into bizarro world. Yeah, right, exactly. I think he has a lot of yes people around him telling that's a great idea, sir. Right. Suddenly they'll see three days later. Oh, gee. Right. That was a good idea you had. And then, yeah, and then he'll deny that he ever did it or said it. Or Yeah. So here's Trump sitting on Santa's lap, and Santa says, have you been a good boy this year? And Trump says, witch hunt! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was typical Trump. Blame everybody. If you notice, my, my elf has a cigarette. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, by the end of this podcast, everybody's going to associate Trump with warm Christmas spirit. That's right. Yeah. So here is Santa talking on the phone, the red phone. He's looking at the Christmas list. It says, my Christmas list, overturned election, 270 electoral votes, not to be a loser. My little conspiracy theory kit, my enemy's heads on pikes. And Santa says, no, I'm sorry, I can't do any of this. What? No, I'm afraid you can't fire me, Donald. No, I'm afraid you can't fire me, Donald. Come on, do it. <laughs> uh, you can do the next, the next Santa, Pat. <laughs> I thought this was very funny. This is Pat Bagley. It's great. It's interesting how many Christmas story movie cartoons there are. People really, people really bond with that. It's such a great time of year for metaphors and imagery, and mm -hmm, for sure. Bart, here's, here's here's one of yours. Trump got an abacus for Christmas to help him count the ballots that just. He just can't get to add up right. I think that's yeah. cute. Yeah, I thought so too. I think the only way to downsize Trump is to make him some sort of a, like a cute person, like a baby. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I did. I guess this is about as cute as you can make him. I find it hard to believe that he would know how to use an abacus, though. That's a pretty advanced yeah. technology. <laughs> well, not, well, as a baby, not as, not as a grown-up, but as a baby, uh, probably. So yeah. Well, you see from his expression that he's not making any sense of the math. That's true. Oh. It, it, the Fair answer enough. just obviously cannot be right. He's not making sense <laughs> of anything, I guess. He thinks they're Skittles. He's trying to eat them. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so here... Here, Trump is peering into the McDonald's window like the toy store window at Christmas time. It's and, the McDonald's uh, window. It was in the shutdown per period, the first shutdown oh, per period. So, so when there was the COVID shutdown, he was yearning for the McDonald's that he could no longer have. Yes, exactly. I know around the rest of the world, people look at McDonald's and they think America. But here in America, we look at McDonald's and we think just think McDonald's. There's <laughs> no uh, patriotic association with McDonald's. You're more like Burger King? Or Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever. I don't know. Is there any restaurant you think of in Holland as being patriotic or, yeah, or associated with your national identity? Yeah, the Fabo. Sabo. Fabo. F-E-B-O. Fabo. What do they have? Uh, it's an automatic where you, you can get uh, coquetta and you can get uh, frikandella and also burgers. And you just yeah. have to put in a coin and huh. you can uh, pull it out. 
And oh, it's like an automat. Yeah, it's an automat. It's typically Dutch, N- not the automat, but the, but the concept of snacks out of the out of the wall. And it's also has a kind of a cult status right now because it, so yeah. Well, I know if I saw fricadella on the menu, I'd want that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. I was just going to say in Canada, our national identity is Tim Hortons. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but yeah, it's like yeah. a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. yeah so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up in Detroit and still go back, so they have Tim Hortons in Detroit. Right. Right. I think they so tried to expand and that's as far as they got down the top part of the northern border. So. so Pat, here's one of yours. It doesn't have Trump in it, but it has guns so close enough. And uh, wise men are bringing the guns and ammo and myrrh to baby Jesus. That's so sweet. That's great. Oh, tradition. We got the myrrh. I was going to have my AR-15 in the background here, but you know, somebody's already done that. So Yes, we have a conservative cartoonist who on our podcast displays his AR-15 behind him all the time. Oh, nice. And he's just have to watch all the podcasts to find that it's an easter egg mm-hmm. and here we have uh Speaking of the couple christian holidays yes january 6th the new far-right christian holiday <laughs> and you've got uh the manga hat guy talking to his daughter and he says this is the day the manga followed a reality tv star to the east with grifts of gold frank nonsense and merch that's good. And she says, I just had an epiphany. <laughs> I think that's funny. That's perfect. I it's love a that lot one. of cheap puns. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> in there. Those are good there puns. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's, yeah. Once, once I, I found Frank Nonsense and merch, I thought, all right, I, I got to do it now. <laughs> you know, started with the gifts of the MAGA, but. That's what happens when you have a good pun in your head. You can't not do it, right? Once it's there, it's like, okay, i got to find this pun. (laughs) Here you have the gal shopping on Black Friday, and she's shopping on Cyber Monday, and she's giving on her phone on Giving Tuesday, and then she's Broke Wednesday. Yeah, like this. Like this one. It is reality. Yeah. It wasn't this like a week and a half ago. The, the emails were just flooding in. It was brutal. I'm still getting it. Everybody begging for money at, at the mm-hmm. same time each year. <laughs> you would think that if they would space it out, they'd get a little bit of response rather than all this competition at once. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no kidding. Here you've got uh, Trump, and he's giving the gift of NATO funding cuts to Putin. And yeah. Putin says, oh, Donald, for me, how did you know? And Donald says, I really shouldn't have. Those are great caricatures, Dave. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I, I struggle with caricatures, but I'm starting to figure it out a little bit now. So the, the I don't think any, anybody knew that you struggled with caricatures. <laughs> so this, I think this goes way back. It's almost hard to remember all the things that happened in the Trump presidency. So sometimes I see these cartoons, it's like, oh yeah, NATO funding cuts. I forgot all about that. Now we have such a rich tradition of Trump cartoons that allows us to do a gazillion podcasts of everybody's Trump cartoons, just because there are so many. After all these years, and it looks like it's not abating. You know, a lot of these things we tend to forget about, like his threats to pull out of NATO, and I guess Mm -hmm. he'll want to pull out of Ukraine as well. And he's mad at Yahoo and Israel, and he would he would uh, not support that. And it's just Trump is the isolationist now. He'll support all the dictators so there's no conflicts with them. Well, he, he was I think the that's all very scary. He was the isolationist before and kind of makes you wonder in retrospect was the big tax cut for the rich, which ballooned our deficit. Was that a strategic move maybe suggested to him by somebody else in this cartoon? Uh, so, so that downstream when someone say i don't know ukraine would need assistance people you know hit 
Putin allies could say, oh, well, you know, we, we just don't have we don't have the money for it. We can't we can't support mm-hmm. that. I mean, look, there's a deficit. Well, that's part of being anti-government. You you choke off the the resources and then you have to get rid of the government. Mm-hmm. And I, I think uh, Putin thought Trump might get the second term. And I think that's when the NATO, he would have walked on a NATO. That's what some of the speculation is. But oh, yeah. didn't happen. It, and a lot of the but speculation yeah. is based on things that Trump literally said. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's true. not deep speculation. <laughs> although, although caveat, big asterisk yeah. here, you can't always believe the guy. No, I never noticed that before. That's a trick that you pointed that out. Just write that down. <laughs> I notice a lot of the quotes now that are coming back and they're playing Trump. He's saying that that's AI, that he didn't actually say it. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, we laugh about that now, but yeah, that is yeah. going to become a real oh, absolutely. problem. And yeah. I guarantee you his, his people, his cultists, are going to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, he said it. They're going to believe it. You, you won't be able to you won't be able to trust anything and he'll just be able to say i didn't do that that was it yeah, yeah I mean, he, totally he can agree. say it in the very next sentence and deny what he just said and people go oh yeah and then you mm-hmm. try to hold him to it kind of a scary it's not kind of a scary place we're getting it, it is terrifying so dave here's one of yours with trump and melania and uh trump says look melania is at the christmas star and melania says no donald <laughs> it's an asterisk um you know there was a period there where all the cartoonists were drawing asterisk cartoons. Like, you know, the baseball player gets caught with steroids, so he's not in the baseball uh, book, except he's got a, an asterisk that, that says he, he hit this many, but he was taking drugs, so we don't really count it. But I think that was also optimistic and aspirational because it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to look that way. I guess it's kind of charming to look back on our innocence of <laughs> yeah. these days, to look at the asterisk cartoons and think that we thought history would read it that way. I can well, add like we, five, five or six more asterisks up there now. Four in, if we, indictments. And, if we bring Trump back, then we should realize that it is our asterisk. Yes, all the voters <laughs> have an asterisk. Here's one of mine. Trump on Christmas morning, he says, now I want everything else. What is, that, what is that from, Daryl? What's it from? When? Probably six years old, seven years old. Because you can see how your Trump has changed through the years. I guess all, yeah. all of our, all of ours. Yeah, Trump, Trump evolves. You know, I lived in New York in the seventies and eighties, and Trump was a big New York figure, and he was skinny. He was tall and skinny, and it was difficult for me to change my image of him to being mm. fat. He was just skinny in my mind. I look back at my first Trump cartoons when he should have been fat and he's too skinny in my cartoon and it looks so wrong and it makes me cringe. <laughs> and he also was in a Home Alone 2 movie, right? Uh, yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Here's Trump on Santa's lap, and he's got the line of kids behind him with their lists waiting for him with his long list. And he says, and I want a big, beautiful wall and send these losers back to where they came from. And that naughty list of yours is fake news, sad. I like the way you draw the kids. Yeah. Yeah. This is Brian Adcock. British cartoonist in our group who isn't drawing much anymore. I miss him. And he's got Santa giving the tax cuts to the fat cats. That's mm. Santa Trump under there. I love those fat cats. Those are great. We don't see fat cats anymore. Decades ago, editorial cartoons were full of fat cats. And I don't think kids kids know who fat cats are. Yeah, Gar- Garfield. Garfield ruined it for everyone. 
Probably. <laughs> <laughs> this one's from Angel Bolligan, and uh, he's got Trump with the classic cartoon dunce cap, but it's all don't likes from the internet. Angel is just a master of line work and composition. I agree. Yeah, yeah this is kind of a sinister also. All of, his, all of his drawings, very sinister. Mm -hmm. Sinister? Yeah. yeah, sinister. He's got a real editorial illustration feel to everything, which, you know, not, not necessarily cartoonish, but just very, very timeless and classic. Yeah, very unique approach. This is an idea I never would have thought of. It's out of the range of the normal editorial cartoonist cliche palette. More of an artistic uh, approach. Here's one from Patrick Chapat, the Swiss cartoonist. And he's got Trump giving his tax cut as he's sitting on the shoulders of the poor to give it to the rich. I like that. Yeah, that's good. That's nice. I have a son in, in a younger generation and his friends just despise Biden and they kind of like Trump. And I think really? that's just crazy. And I ask him why. And he says... The friends say Trump sent them checks and Biden didn't. And mm. they have all this inflation now with Biden and they can't get jobs and the only jobs are lousy. But when Trump was president, he sent them checks. I think that that's kind of profound because I would have never thought of that. Yeah, and that like with Biden's infrastructure, you don't see it till 10 years down the road. And then you might not attribute it to him anyway. So if you we get certainly, the check in your hand, you know, and certainly Trump see the inflation. Way out of his way to get his name on those relief checks mm -hmm. during the pandemic. Yeah. Well, to, to Dave's was, point, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it, it was it was decried as uh, highly irregular and, yeah, right. and a corrupt at the time. I was just going to say to Dave's point about the infrastructure and you know, 10 years from now, uh, I mean, you don't, you don't have to wait for 10 years from now because uh, you saw these MAGA Republican congressmen going out there touting mm -hmm. the infrastructure in their home district that they voted against. I know. Also, <laughs> I think you can uh, ascribe a lot of the inflation now to Trump's crazy spending mm -hmm. because there's a lag to all of this. But, you know, it's, it's very much a uh, what have you done for me lately and what are things like right now mm -hmm. uh, perception and Biden comes out very poorly on that. Well, that's it's his, the old thing about you, know, you when you try to invest in something like saving your house. You got a leaky roof, and you know there's the old gag about why don't you fix it when it's not raining? Because well, because it's not dripping. And people don't get that you got to invest in a country, in its infrastructure, to keep it going, to keep it thriving. We yeah, we got some messed up attitudes. Yeah, he's got the label of with the inflation and gas prices, and their people are still talking about him but it's not that bad now i heard the inflation yeah, right. rate's quite down and but he's still wearing that label it's down but it doesn't seem that way to regular folks you know you go out to dinner and you see the prices on the menu going up every single time so here we've got john cole and he's drawn trump at the starbucks holding the paper that says boycott starbucks red cups war on christmas and the starbucks barista says okay one venti double whipped up espresso of Phony outrage with extra foam at the mouth and a shot of sanctimony for Donald. <laughs> That's funny. I never got the whole war on Christmas thing. Like, you know, I think it was just a, kind of an invented problem. Maybe maybe it is more down there. I don't know. but It isn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> it's anything to feel persecuted. Yes, they, they really have to support the victimhood. And that takes constant feeding to, to feed the victimhood. And if it's like, if you show respect for someone who's not you, then that somehow comes out of their respect bank and 
Yeah. They take something from them, which is what? And I remember at one point Trump was saying that thanks to me, now everyone could say Merry Christmas again. And I just thought, yeah. you know what? You can't write a funnier cartoon than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's the, the problem. That's the problem with Trump. I know. You yeah. cannot exaggerate him, can't satirize him. And just like you said, I mean, what, a, what an incredibly stupid thing to say. No, everyone can say Merry Christmas. Thanks to me. But you know what? It sticks with his base. They they eat that stuff up. So. Oh, they believe it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So here's one from J.D. Crow, new from Starbucks, the Trump Pacino foam over. I think that's funny, too. That's cute. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like it. I'm not sure that it makes any point. It's just a funny hair cartoon. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a comb over mm-hmm. cartoon. Here's from uh, Jos Kolingyong, your cartoonist colleague in Holland. Yes. And uh, Trump is, is flying up behind the angel who's talking to shepherds. And Trump says, <laughs> fear not, for behold, I bring you good fake news. That's a, that's a great perspective. Cute. Right. For, yeah. shot, mm-hmm. for framing yeah. a shot. It's the funniest thing on this is the sheep looking up. Yeah, everybody's appalled. Yeah, I love the drawing too. It's got sort of a Pat Oliphant kind of feel to it. It's very, Definitely. very nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Definitely. So here's John Darko. John Darko came in number two on number of uh, Trump Christmas cartoons to you, Rick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Santa with Trump on his knee is saying, you're not on the naughty list. You are the naughty list. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Pat was going to read this one. Pat, could you read this one for us? <laughs> you're not on the naughty list. You are the naughty list. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So here's Bob Engelhart. He's got Trump on Santa's knee, and Trump says... Give me everything I want, or I'll release devastating classified information about you, Romeo. And you got the uh, little toilet paper stuck to his butt. <laughs> That's a nice touch. I like it. Now, this is Frank Hansen, and he's got Trump with a present puppet of himself saying, Mary come fefe. I like the way this looks. I don't entirely understand it. Um, yeah, you exactly. remember, like for a month, everyone was talking about Covfefe, mm-hmm. which was uh-huh. obviously <clears throat> Trump mistyped coffee into his phone. But everybody thought that was just hilarious. And we had dozens of Covfefe cartoons, and they were on Saturday Night Live talking about Covfefe, and that's just that's just crazy. There's so many more substantive reasons to ridicule him than a typo. Yeah, right. the substance doesn't seem to stick on him. No, <clears throat> all, you know, but the Covfefe. Co- did stick yeah because it was just that dumb i I love uh frank's gestural drawings are i think they're quite outstanding yeah look at the the hair on the gal that's drinking the black liquid that's really very stylish he's got a wonderful style a lot of energy and you know in an editorial cartoon you really don't need anything more than energy and attitude because this cartoon is fun and compelling and it doesn't really make any point but that's not necessary point can be handy if it's you know an editorial (laughs) cartoon maybe i'm old school (laughs) All right. Uh, here's another one of your colleagues from the Netherlands. Bart. Yeah, I love his. Uh, I love his absurdistic style. This is you, Bertrams. Yeah. And I've got to ask you. This is Trump. I guess choking on a big dollar sign sausage. Is this a, a Christmas thing in Holland? A big sausage? <laughs> no, not, not really. Is that a, is that a, a figgy pudding by chance? Uh, the sausage? Do you think it's a figgy pudding? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not exactly sure what they look like, but it does look like a sausage. I don't know. And I suppose that this dollar sausage is somehow related to air pollution. Yeah. And so lots of, lots of drool around uh, the mouth there, too. You're saying, Daryl, editors don't like cartoons with drool in it, so... 
They don't like any kind of bodily fluid, including drool and spit. And I'm sure they don't like large sausage-shaped things stuck in mouths. <laughs> Everything about this drawing is so wrong. I love it. <laughs> uh, I thought that this being from Holland, that you might be able to explain it to us, Bart. No. No, no, no. <laughs> Full stop. No. <laughs> does, it, does it have to? Okay. No, again. Oh. This, is, this is another odd one, but from Marion Kaminsky in Austria, you've got the manger scene with Trump and Putin with their shirts off kissing each other, and Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus outside in the cold. Can someone explain this one to me? Yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. S- s- uh, Christmas and Christianity is out in the cold in uh, mm-hmm. Trump's world. It's ejected. He's now at the center, and him with his lover. So, and they refer to him as Orange Jesus as, as well. Mm-hmm. So this one probably got a lot of reprints. <laughs> <laughs> I well, should say that their Christmas cards. Yeah, <laughs> through, kissing, kissing Putin on his nose in the second. <laughs> Two years of the Trump administration, newspaper editors just did not want to reprint Trump cartoons. So you guys all know that because I mm-hmm. sent you the stats on what cartoons are, are performing well. <laughs> and I think it was just alarming the number of cartoons about Trump that were being drawn and how few of those were getting reprinted. When you, you look at the web, when we post our, our cartoons on social media, the readers love the Trump cartoons. And, you know, the, the reaction to this podcast, we do Trump-themed podcasts and they get all the traffic we do climate change nobody cares about climate change which is frustrating to me a lot of you know the issues that i think are important i think climate change is important and i don't get that from readers they don't care about it so here's another one from Marian kaminsky in austria with trump with his long tie and the three wise men on their camels standing on the tie and trump doesn't like them standing on the tie and oh, it's cute and it's trumpy i don't quite get a point but that's okay it's christmas you know again I think Pat's point, probably Trump wanting to put himself at the center of everything, including Christmas and Christianity. And, you know, here are these guys you know, coming to see the baby Jesus and, and, and they're infringing upon him. That, that's kind of what I think. I think it's even funny without or without the tie, because when you say three wise men and there's there four people depicted yeah and one of them is dumb <laughs> <laughs> so you don't... i also think it's weird associating trump with religion the evangelicals love him i, I just I, I can't wrap my head around that I... i've learned that uh, the evangelical christians don't care one bit about hypocrisy they're fine with it if it's if you're on their side hmm. then, uh... otherwise the slightest little flaw they will hold against you so here's jimmy margley's with trump christmas red cup at star Starbucks. Starbucks' newest creation, the Trump whipped up controversy double shot of sanctimony foam at mouth. Yeah, cute. Mm-hmm. Similar to John Cole's. Uh, it's, it's good. I like his little, I like the little Trump Starbucks logo. And this is from 2015. So this is. Uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's an early one. How about that? Here's Guy Parsons with Trump and Melania looking at a giant piece of coal under their Christmas tree. And Trump says, it must be from my friends in the coal industry. It's a huge compliment. They must love me bigly. And um, I'd believe that. I would believe that. Yes, I would believe anything he says. Anything he says, because, you know, he's the chosen one. 
I should probably note that given the that we've limited the metaphors in this to just Christmas metaphors, that we kind of see the same topics coming up and the cartoon is drawing the same thing. And that's okay, because you draw it on a different day and a different style and it's a different cartoon and what the hell. So um, It's multiple uh, perspectives and there are only so many things to be said in the first place. A lot of times they need repeating. So mm-hmm. I, I got no problem with that. I think so too. I compare it to columnists. And columnists don't get the bad attitude that people have about cartoonists being repetitive because they're just using words and you can't glance at it and see that it's similar. But they do all write the same darn things at the same time. Mm -hmm. And they use the same arguments at the same time. And they're getting talking points from party headquarters and just choosing to write the articles about that at the same time. I mean, there's a reason why these things all match. Um, Mm -hmm. Cartoonists do not get talking points. Never heard of a cartoonist getting talking points for his cartoons. We tend to have uh, normal person's attitudes about politics rather than following a list of attitudes that we're supposed to have that comes from the party. I think that's much healthier, and I think that people should put a lot more stock into the cartoonist pundits that they see on video podcasts than any darn duplicative columnists. I agree. I also think with whatever's going on in the news, usually the first idea that comes in your head, most cartoonists are thinking the same thing, I find. So you try to, you, whenever I do the first idea, it's like, okay, there's five or six others that have done this, the same, you know. And here is uh, Kevin Sires with the Charlie Brown tree, which is a, a standard among cartoonists. Mm-hmm. I think we've all drawn a Charlie but Brown tree. But there's a very good, simple take on it. Mm-hmm. It is. And gentlemen, that is our last cartoon. Oh, no. I was saving up all ending. my good stuff. There were 40 of them. 40 <laughs> is a lot. This is a long podcast. It just seemed to go by fast because yeah, it's so much fun. It is fun. I had fun. That's a great cartoon. I love that. And that's yeah. one where you, that's one where you have to label, you know, you, you can't get mm-hmm. around. Well, yeah, the label to visual metaphor and allegory. So it's it, yeah. This one works. Yeah, It's all good. Gentlemen, it's been great to have you all here. And um, I had a blast. And we will all have a very Merry Trump Christmas. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to it, including me. Yeah. Good to, okay. good to meet all you guys. Yeah. Season's greetings. Yeah, nice yeah. So, gentlemen, thank you all for being here. Thanks, everyone, for watching our cast. Please remember to subscribe to wherever you're listening to this. And I will see you next time. Gentlemen, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya.